Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey everybody, this is your favorite soccer dad, Aaron Sutton here, coming with my very first episode of Finsider Daily. It's a new format that we're going to on this episode of Finsider Daily. We are going to interview Brett Yaris, technique coach, studied under Paul Pascaloni. That name might ring a bell for some of y'all. He was the defensive coordinator in Miami. 2008 and 2009 has been around football for many 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 years Brett's a Connecticut boy so he ran into him there Uh, we are going to get some very precious insight from Brett here later in the show real quick the new format of our Finsider Daily show is we will still have the flagship show which will debut this week on Thursday and we will continue to have the flagship show on Thursday, Matthew and myself and Houts will go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in that order with our individual shows. And then Friday, we will alternate. I have the most kids, so I conceive the fact that I will probably get out of it the most. So please join us on this episode of Insider Daily. And welcome back to Finsider Daily. This is Aaron Sutton. I'm going to cut right to the chase, right through the foreplay. I'm going to introduce my man, Brett Yaris. What's up, everybody? This guy, I hate to admit it, but this is going to be one of the worst times we've ever had, considering the fact we set the bar so high the very first time we got together. We did. He came to my hotel room late at night. Great start to the story, right? (laughs) And within four hours, we are having a drink with Eric Dickerson. Running into into Jeff Ireland and getting a Coors Light past us to Brian Hartline and his brother. So, how about we have some ho-hum football talk today, Brett? There is nothing better to talk about than football. So what I want to kind of get at and what I'm most intrigued by with this Miami Dolphins team is this young defense that's going to be coming together. Yeah. And with your experience just working under Paul and specifically, I want to kind of get to your work with Ben. Now, uh, Brett worked. How how long did you work with Ben? Uh, Ben and I have been working together for about five, six months now. So Brett is working with Ben Bonagu, who was – was he drafted in the th- second, third? Yeah, second round, 49th overall to uh, Indianapolis. 
So in discussions with you, you know, I come to find out that this TCU system is a little bit robotic in the way that they kind of pigeonhole typecast into a certain role and you just do that role and there's not a whole lot of creativity involved would that be fair to say yeah absolutely so you get this guy this guy that's willing to work his ass off and do whatever an nfl team is going to ask him to do what type of techniques are you coaching a guy who was fairly typecast into being able to be a chess piece so what techniques and, and kind of a parallel conversation I'm trying to get at here is what type of defensive installs could we see with the Miami Dolphins that's going to lead our defensive players to being in a positionless defense? Uh, that's, a, that's a great question. So first, you know, in terms of my work, the way it works out for me is when we're talking about pre-draft, when you're working with somebody who, like you mentioned, Ben coming out of TCU hasn't found a pro team yet. You know, we're still in that draft process post combine. For me, it's about watching the film, uh, taking a look at what their athletic numbers look like. And you try to understand when Ben is posting some of the highest athletic numbers at the combine for the position's history. And yet you don't see that athleticism on film. You try to reconcile what's going on here. And so it's always great for me to get in person with these guys and see them up close and personal. And, you know, it's always funny as you watch these different sites out there that, you know, do a lot of the mock drafting and things of that sort. And you see, you know, you're knocking Ben down to the sixth round, seventh round, because you don't see it on film. I always try to tell guys, you know, you don't really see the whole picture on film. You don't know the play calls. You don't know the system. And I could tell you the Dolphins were very interested in Ben and they saw him as their possible Dante Hightower. And that's a name I want Dolphin fans to really think a lot about because Dante Hightower was that movable piece for um, Brian Flores and the Patriots defense last year. And every year he's been playing, but um, you can see him when you watch the film of the Patriots defense, you see him line up in the nine tech. You see him line up as a middle linebacker. You see him drop in and play a three technique. I mean, you could put him anywhere. And that's the way they kind of saw Ben. And, uh, you know, Ben actually ended up going to Indianapolis and, and the rest is history there. But what you're always looking for is figure out what these guys are good at. What are their body types? What are their athleticism? What are, what are the things that that can translate to on a football field? And the best coaches find a way to build a system around that. So what type of specific techniques would you say, considering the Dolphins roster composition right now, and granted there's a lot of competitions still yet to, to settle some things, but considering the guys that we have, say with Jerome Baker, uh, say with Minka playing in the slot, are there going to be certain techniques geared toward these guys to, well, we didn't get Ben to be our, our Dante Hightower, could we get Jerome to be that guy? Yeah, I was going to say, I think Jerome Baker profiles the most, right? When you're looking, when you're talking about a Dante Hightower, you're talking really about versatility. And Jerome Baker, with his elite speed for the position, but his ability to shoot through gaps and to come around the edge, I think, you know, he's probably your most likely pick to pee that piece. And I think when you hear media reports of, you know, just how much the coaching staff has fallen in love with Jerome Baker and his ability, that's certainly a guy you want to look for. The thing to, to know about what's coming to Miami for this defense is the answer is everything, right? We, we watched uh, for the last couple of years, he who shall not be named in Matt Burke 
Uh, we we a, might actually get to him here in a few minutes, Brad. Okay. I'm just gonna prepare you now, man. Oh just man, I'll have to temper do what you my because <laughs> that name drives me up a wall. But what I will say is, um, what you're gonna see the complete opposite. What you saw with Matt Burke was you saw the defensive ends every single play in a wide nine technique. You almost never see the Patriots play a wide nine, and if they do, the guys in the wide nine are actually linebackers that they drop down. Like a Trey Flowers will, will always man a nine spot, but then on the other side of him will be like a, a some some linebacker that they bring down into a five or six man front. Now, what we saw with Miami in the past was when they ran the wide nine, they had their four down linemen and their two ends really outside in that nine technique. And for those that don't know, when we're talking about the nine technique, we're talking about lining up outside the tight end position. Okay, so if you're if you see a defensive end lined up outside the tight end position, you know, that's your nine technique. Okay, and that's what Miami ran exclusively with two defensive tackles, your your five tech and your three tech. And what we saw was them get gashed every single week in the run game because it's very hard to play gap control defense. What New England has done is basically the complete opposite. They almost never run a pure wide nine all of their guys are either in a seven technique or five technique, a three technique. I've seen them uh, looking back at some of their games from last year, one play they'll have three down linemen, including a nose tackle and two, three techs with your two defensive ends outside of that. And then the very next play, they'll have two nines, a seven and a three. I mean, they're so multiple and Brian Flores is so multiple and, the challenge is going to be, can he teach these Dolphins players who have not had this sort of advanced multiple technique coaching in their past, can he get these guys to really allow him to open up the playbook? I think there's no question they're going to demand versatility out of everyone. And when, when I kind of am diagnosing the defense, I have to remind myself, I don't know that I can call it a front seven anymore. It's more like a front six. Yeah. So... In terms of it, we kind of just briefly t- talked about Jerome Baker, but do you see anybody else in that front six group that you think, other than Christian Wilkins, uh, that could play in multiple positions at a high level? You know, I'm very intrigued by Charles Harris. I know that's a name that probably brings disappointment and ire to Dolphins fans as he hasn't lived up to that 2017 right. first-round status, but that's a guy that in this defense you can see be moved up and down the line. Given the situation, you can see him at the three tech in a passing situation. You can see him at the five technique, which is outside shade, the tackle. Um, you could see him you know, out in that nine position in a two-point stance and sort of in that Trey Flowers role. So he's a guy that I can see um, Brian Flores really enjoying moving up and down the line. Here's another name I think will be fascinating for Dolphins fans to just keep a look, you know, a lookout if he can really continue to develop. And that's a Vincent Taylor. That's a player who can be that Danny Shelton like player for, for the Dolphins this year, where you could see him on any given play line up as a pure nose tackle. You can then see him line up in the one at the three at the five, you know, the thing to watch in this defense, we all get caught up with the Patriots. We talk about how they do a lot of dime looks, a lot of nickel looks, and we think about the secondary. We drool over the idea of Xavier Howard and Minka. It's really the defensive line 
where the Patriots win on defense because they move their guys all over the place and they're able to control almost every single gap on any given play. And it's because all those defensive linemen can pretty much play anywhere regardless of their body type. Is any part of you jaded thinking that, you know, we've heard all this, we're going to be really creative and complex on defense and put our guys in the best situations and we're going to be on the forefront of innovation when it comes to defensive schemes and then we just see the same crap every Sunday? Like, is any part of you jaded in some of the defensive pass that we have? You know, if, if I was purely a fan, if I hadn't had the opportunity to really dive into the film, know some of the coaches, know some of the differences between the two coaching staffs, past and present, um, I would certainly be jaded, right? It's sort of like that situation where fool me once, you know, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me kind of a thing. And, and really what I think, um, I think this is something, look, I don't know how successful they're going to be. The Dolphins honestly lack a lot of top-end talent in that front seven um, or what, what the typical fan would consider um, top-end talent. But I'll also tell you, so do the Patriots, right? The, the Patriots don't have the, the, a top 10, you know, what would the NBA would call a lottery pick in their defense. Yet they find the right roles for the right guys. And Brian Flores played a huge part in that. And that's the main difference between a Brian Flores and a Matt Burke, right? Matt Burke was so committed to the wide nine. It was system, system, system. And when you critiqued him, right, what was the thing he would always say? It's not like I'm not coaching a sound scheme. He would always bring it back to the scheme. Our guys got to do the scheme better. That's not the way the Patriots have ever coached their defense. They coach their guys, they find the guys, they figure out what they have, and then they build their scheme around it. And I think you're going to see that this year. I don't know how much you're going to see it because there's a learning curve, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot to learn. There's a, there's a very big difference between playing a, as a pure nose tackle and then playing in a gap or in an outside shade like a three tech or a five tech. The technique is completely different. So the faster these guys pick that up, the faster we might be able to see the Dolphins really do it. And what's the thing we know about Brian Flores, at least we hear, he's a fantastic teacher. He knows how to teach the game. So I think Dolphin fans need to be excited, or at least um, if, if not excited, they can at least be intrigued by what they'll be able to see. And again, focus on the defensive line. That's where you're going to see so much of the coaching ability in this guy. Let's switch gears for just a second, and we'll stay in teaching mode. So if you take the reports at face value, it looks like Bobby McCain is going to be playing safety for the Miami Dolphins this year. So you're moving Bobby from from corner to free safety. If you are his technique coach, what are you doing to help Bobby play in a different position. You know, it's a, it's a different part of the field, different responsibilities. You're in different space, uh, d- different angles. So what are you doing to help Bobby make sure he plays free safety at a high level? Well, I think the first thing that I would do, and I remember I'm not a tr- strength and conditioning coach or anything like that, right? So when you see these players on Twitter or Instagram doing all these crazy types of drills, that's not something that I do. I'm purely a football technique guy. And so what you got to remember about Bobby is he's been our slot corner. He played, you know, obviously played on the outside due to injuries and stuff last year. But really, we know him as a nickel corner and we knew him as an up and coming uh, nickel corner 
you know, um, prior to last year. And that's such a different technique because, you know, you're asking a guy to play in a phone booth, right? You're asking him to be across from like a Julian Edelman. You've got five yards in front of you and you've got about two yards to each side of you in which you have to be dominant in order to not let that slot receiver break you down in the clear. When you're asking a guy to go be a free safety, especially in this defensive scheme where we, we do see quite a bit of single high, right? So when we talk about single high, what we mean is a free safety alone playing in that center field. We also see a lot of deep cover too with the Patriots. So he's going to have a deep kind of half of the field. The play I, I want to draw to fans' attention is from the Super Bowl when Jason McCourty, I believe it was, ran from one side of the field all the way to the back of the middle of the end zone to knock that pass away from Brandon Cooks. Mm. Right, So you're talking about playing in wide open space, covering an immense amount of ground. So the things that I'd be looking for Bobby is, you know, how fast can he flip his hips? How fast can he get out of his back pedal into a, you know, into running into the deep, you know, area of the third? Um, what do his 45 steps look like? When you're a slot corner playing in that shallow part of the, of the defensive secondary, you don't, you don't take a lot of 45 angle steps, right? That's not something you're mm-hmm. not really opening up and then taking a run for it. And so these are the things as a free safety, I'd like to see, you know, how he can do. Usually you take a guy who doesn't have great hip movement and you make them or try to make them a slot corner. Want to see what that looks like now as a free safety, where we want to be able to see it to open up and run when you have to change direction in the open field. These are the things that I would put Bobby to the test and see how he does. And, and I'm sure the coaching staff has done that. You know, these guys aren't going to be moving people around to where they, they shouldn't be. So. so assuming that plays out like that and Bobby McCain is a free safety and Minka Fitzpatrick is a slot corner, do you agree with that move? Well, I think you have to try to put your best players where they're going to perform at their best and then figure everything else out. Right. That was something I've learned from all the coaches that I've had the opportunity to learn from at every level, which is make sure that your top guys are doing what they do best and then everything else will figure itself out. So if Minka Fitzpatrick is best suited as a slot corner, that's where we should put him. And when you're looking at the NFL landscape as it is now, that's where a lot of the damage comes from, from the offense. Right. (laughs) It's taking those tight ends and putting them out in the slot. It's it's finding the shifty great route running receivers like a Julian Edelman, okay, like a Michael Thomas, who you can put out in the slot and let those guys go to work. So if that's where we're seeing a lot of production come from, then it stands to reason if you have a player on your team who you think can be an elite player and what he's elite at is defending that position, well, then that's where we got to put him. And then we got to, you know, we'll move whatever we have to move around to make that work. But we need our best guys doing what they do best. Do you have an opinion of whether Rashad Jones or TJ McDonald is kind of the odd man out in that secondary group? I mean, I'm sure there's going to be, we'll have dime packages where everybody's playing. However, it's not likely that both players are going to be on the field at the same time all that much. So who do you think is the odd man out? Um, I think because these guys, and I mean these guys in terms of the coaching staff, are technicians in terms of how they teach everything is very about is very much about technique and fundamentals the thing that you watch when you watch tj mcdonald back there is his technique is not always sound especially in space 
Mm-hmm. Right. And when you're not sound in space, that's where those big chunk plays come from. And we saw a lot of uh, instances last year where TJ McDonald took just really, really bad angles in space. And what should have been a three to six yard run was a 25 yard run because he took a poor angle. Where you see TJ McDonald excel is down around the line of scrimmage. Okay. The thing is, is that Rashad Jones is very similar in that regard. Mm -hmm. Rashad Jones is probably a little bit better of a technician in space. And by the way, that's not to say that Rashad Jones is an amazing technician in space. In fact, you know, he probably, the worst part of his game is probably that coverage piece. You know, he, he's great at ball hawking, but when it comes to being a technician out there, it's not normally his strong suit. Yeah, I've but seen him take some questionable angles in some yeah, games too. But, but he's, he is better than, than TJ McDonald. The other thing is, you know, let's not forget this is a business, right? Long term, I don't know what Rashad's future looks like on the team. Same thing with TJ McDonald. The Dolphins honestly could easily get out of both of those contracts in the near future if they had to. So I think what they're trying to figure out now is what does the future look like beyond that? That's where you're mm-hmm. seeing that Bobby McCain at the free safety spot is, um, you know, I could see DJ, Mc, uh, not DJ, TJ McDonald being more of that dime linebacker position mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in those multiple secondary, multiple front seven looks. I think that's what I can envision the coaching staff having an idea of. We'll see when the preseason rolls around and training camp, but that that's that would be my guess. Okay, take a deep breath, get realigned with your inner chi. I hate this. Just for a moment. All right, okay. bring them up. Okay, Matt Burke's defense last year. Yes. You brought up the wide nine. Yep, the worst defense ever. What about the corners? Did you feel like there was too much off-man coverage? I I felt that the problem was it felt like they put these guys in a lot of off man because they knew they couldn't defend the edge. They knew they couldn't defend the gaps between the tight end and the tackle. And when you put your ta- your corners in off man, it allows them theoretically to play the run better, to, to come down harder with a better angle, with more mm-hmm. vision of what's going on. Um, but that's not, I don't feel like what our, what the, the dolphin secondary strong suit is. I think, X plays phenomenally in a press man sort of situation. Mm-hmm. But again, what we saw with, with Matt Burke was everything was about, well, this is the scheme. And so I need you guys to do this within the scheme. And that's not, we don't, you don't see the successful teams coach and teach that way, right? If your best player, and this is one of the best players in the NFL and Xavier Howard, we're talking a top 20 defender, Okay, and certainly a top 10 to top five corner in the NFL. If his best, again, going back to what we said about Minka, if his best attribute is man is press man, then you make that work and you figure out what to do beyond that. Um, But as you heard the players often say in the post game, you know, they don't call the plays. It's not, you know, they do what the coaches tell them to do. Again, I think what we'll see here with Brian Flores, again, is, what do my guys do best? And we started to see him lay the, the groundwork for that is what do my guys do best? How can I incorporate that into the game plan every week? Making sure my best players are doing the things that they're good at because that's how we're going to be successful. Brett, thanks a lot for your time, brother. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll be me. talking soon. And uh, you can catch him 
on Twitter at Brett underscore PFN, CEO of Biokinetics, technique coach for Ben Banagoo, among others. Again, Brett, thanks again for spending some time on Finsider Daily. Thanks a lot, buddy. Anytime. And that'll do it for this episode of Finsider Daily with Aaron Sutton. You'll catch House's, House's show tomorrow and the flagship show on Thursday and probably Kanata on Friday. Thanks again, guys. Well, see you later. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Cause we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Everybody, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical.